Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to the Daily Daf Differently. I'm Rabbi Adina Lewittis, and today we're studying Tractate Shabbat, page 127. The Gemara here picks up the question of why the Mishnah used a seemingly casual phrase regarding how many boxes of produce may be moved on Shabbat to make room for guests at a meal or students at a shiur or a Torah lesson when it said, we may clear away four or five boxes. Particularly given the tradition's deep sensitivity to words, to the economy of language, and to the crying out of Darshani, explain me, by the text, when wording defies their expectations. One explanation was offered on the previous page, and here another is offered. Shmuel says the Mishnah merely spoke in the way people generally speak. We usually say a smaller number and then a bigger one, as in, I'll be there in five or ten minutes. What then is the meaning of the Mishnah's line, but we are not permitted to move stores of straw or grain? Shmuel says it means that you shouldn't clear a storage area entirely of the boxes of grain it holds if moving them on Shabbat. Why not? Because you might expose the floor and find holes in it which you would be tempted to fill, thereby violating the prohibition of bonnet or building on Shabbat. But you can begin to take boxes of produce from a previously unused store. It's understood that this reading reflects the feelings or opinion of Rabbi Shimon, who has a much more liberal approach to Moktzeh. The Gemara then cites a teaching which states that you may not take from a previously unused storage area, but you can make a path through such an area with your legs, meaning inadvertently as you walk through it. We then have a brighta about a pile of grain and whether we can take from it on Shabbat if it has been designated for storage, which is followed by the Gemara's attempt to define precisely how much is meant by tfu'atzvura, a pile of grain. And the answer is provided and corroborated. It's a lesech, presumed by some commentators to equal the combined amount of the five boxes originally mentioned in the Mishnah. The Gemara now wants to understand the concerns behind the Mishnah specifying four or five boxes which may be moved. A question is asked, does the Mishnah teach that the grain that can be moved is only allowed to be moved in four or five boxes, thereby limiting the amount of trips one can make carrying it out? Or can the volume of produce in these four or five be moved in more boxes, thereby lightening the load of each but requiring more trips and hence more exertion. Remember that the concern of the rabbis in this section of the Talmud is over the appropriateness of physical exertion on Shabbat. Two sources are brought to try to answer the question. One says four or five boxes of jugs of oil or wine may be moved, and another says that they can be moved even in 10 or 15. Do these texts suggest a dispute? whereby the first one prefers to lessen the number of trips to be made, and the second prefers to lessen the load to be carried? In other words, is there a difference of opinion as to the nature of the exertion? No, says the Gemara, there is no dispute. They both agree that reducing the walking is preferable to a maximum of four or five trips. And the second simply came to teach that if the jugs are of intermediate or small sizes, you may carry out in the five boxes two or three jugs per box, making the total jugs moved either 10 or 15, all still in a maximum of five boxes.
Another question is raised about the Mishnah. When it says you may move four or five boxes to make room for guests or students, does the Mishnah mean to limit the total number of boxes to five, regardless of how many guests you might have? Or does it mean to say that you can move up to five boxes per guest or per student? And more, if it does mean up to five boxes per guest or student, may one person move all the boxes, or is each individual moving boxes limited to moving a maximum of five? To answer, the Gemara brings two separate stories wherein a sage in the first Rabbi Huda and a Sin in the second Rabbi Chia moved by himself a whole field full of boxes of produce in order to make room for his students. These stories support the contention that the number of bundles that can be moved depends on how many guests or students, with the maximum being five bundles or boxes per guest. With respect to the second question about whether one person can move all the bundles or whether each person clears up to a maximum of five, him or herself, the Gemara says the following. Tashma, in the example just cited, come and listen, in the example just cited, it's clear Rabbi Huda Hanasi cleared all the bundles by himself, even though he moved more than five. So it seems a single individual may do so, up to five per person you're clearing for. No way, the Gemara challenges. How could you think that Rabbi Huda Hanasi, the head of the Jewish community, the editor himself of the Mishnah, would move all those bundles himself? That wouldn't be dignified for him. Rather, he only instructed others to clear away the bundles, and therefore each can do for him or herself up to a maximum of five. The issue goes unresolved. Now the next several sections of the Duff are truly fascinating. The Gemara learns a lesson from the mitzvah of Hachnasar Orchim, the welcoming of guests, which is clearly a priority of the Mishnah. Amar Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan said, Receiving guests is as great a mitzvah as rising early to go to the house of study. Because the Mishnah says you can clear the boxes of produce to make room both for guests and for students who have come to study Torah. Rav Dimi says receiving guests is an even greater mitzvah than rising early for the Beit Midrash, because the Mishnah mentions guests first and students second. The Gemara now shares other teachings about the importance of Hachnasar Achim, of welcoming guests. Rav Yehuda said in the name of Rav, Welcoming guests is even greater than welcoming the Divine Presence. How do we know this? Gemara quotes the opening verses from Breshit, from Parshat Vayera, when God appears to Abraham at his tent. And then Abraham notices three strangers approaching and says, My Lord, if I have found favor in your eyes, please don't pass on, please don't leave. And while this verse is often understood as Abraham speaking to the traveler or travelers before him, inviting them in to rest and eat, Another way it can be read is as Abraham asking God to please wait for him as he interrupts their encounter to go extend hospitality to these strangers. This is what leads Rav Yehuda to say that welcoming human guests is even greater, is even more important than welcoming God. Rabbi Elazar notes how in the realm of human dynamics, subordinates don't ask their superiors to wait for them. But somehow when it comes to God, a human can ask God to wait while we extend fellowship and kindness to one another. The Gemara continues to discuss the mitzvah of welcoming guests and quotes Rabbi Yochanan who taught that there are six mitzvot a person does for which they enjoy fruit in this world and the principle in the world to come. Welcoming guests, visiting the sick, concentrating during prayer, rising early to the Beit Midrash, raising children to study Torah, and judging one's fellow human beings favorably. 
In other words, giving people the benefit of the doubt. This sounds like the Mishnah in Peah, which is included in our daily morning service, in which our Daf now quotes. The Mishnah in Peah lists four mitzvot, whose fruit we enjoy in this world and whose principle in the world to come. Honoring our parents, deeds of loving kindness, making peace between people, and the study of Torah is equal to all of them combined. Does this mean that the Mishnah in Peah rejects Rabbi Yochanan's list of mitzvot? Not at all. Rabbi Yochanan's list contains mitzvot that all somehow relate to the mitzvot listed in Peah, and so they're considered to be included in Peah's list of mitzvot. Gemara now shares three stories illustrating the mitzvah of judging one another favorably, which was on Rabbi Yochanan's list, and the principle which says, One who judges his or her fellow human being favorably is himself or herself judged favorably. In each story, a sage acts in a way that might suggest violations of the laws of dealing honestly in business and the laws that govern appropriate social and sexual behavior. Yet the people with whom the sage interacts and his students all presume the sage innocent and virtuous and think that there must have been other concerns which led the sage to behave in ways suggestive of violations, but not actually violating any commandment. And in truth, each sage is innocent and offers the blessing that those who judged him favorably will too be judged favorably by God. In each incident, the sage acts in ways that are on the surface deeply questionable. When afterwards the sage inquires of his students what they thought was going on, they offer what seem like far-fetched explanations justifying their teacher's actions, which in fact end up being true. What we learn from this is the obligation we have to even strain credulity in order to defend the actions of a pious person, even if there are suggestions of sin. It is said that with respect to ordinary people, if there are no explicit suggestions of misbehavior, we're to judge them favorably. And if there are suggestions of sin, while we might not be obligated to stretch our belief in their innocence, it is certainly a pious virtue to do so until proven guilty, to give everyone the benefit of the doubt. The Gemara now returns to our Mishnah and ends this stuff by discussing the nature of the produce to be moved with respect to tithes and to food fit for a goat, even if not fit for a human. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.